Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, November 10th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, we are going to talk about this a little bit more in depth here, but it was a very good day on Wednesday night into Thursday morning as the SAG after strike was officially over. We'll get into a little bit more of the details. There's not really a ton out there yet because it hasn't been presented to the SAG after a board yet, uh, so the details aren't public, but starting to get a little bit worried about all of these big Hollywood stars that are doing theater. Are they going to bounce right away or do you think they'll actually finish their runs? I mean, they're going to they're going to cash that check. I don't think they're, <laughs> no, I don't. you know, um, but I think that it's it is interesting, you know, that, that we were having these conversations around like, you know, who can we get right now and and how can we maximize, unfortunately, this opportunity. And, and it's been something that we've been able to see as well with like movie to musical adaptations, like people that comment on and are influencers for the film industry were able to pivot and promote musicals or plays that are based on existing IP because those didn't conflict with the strike. And now, you know, they're all going to go back to Hollywood land where the budgets are a billion dollars. So um, it's I- I'm I'm still hopeful that we'll continue to flourish, uh, you know, in, in, in fluctuating times because nobody's going to immediately like run back to the studio. But I know a lot of things that were on hold that are going to now get to promote. And look at us. We finally get to talk about the Color Purple movie musical and how they'll get to promote Mm -hmm. the hell out of this in December. Thank God. And Wish, uh, the new animated movie musical from Disney. I I know for a fact that Ariana DeBose was flying to Los Angeles on Thursday morning to start the promotional tour. That was a couple weeks late, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. But don't forget, we're going to have a ton of stuff coming up in the Patreon feed. And don't forget, I'm going to be in New York starting next Wednesday. So I will have travelogue episodes for everything that I see in New York. So if you want to hear all of that, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All of the Patreon exclusives, including travelogues, are available at the mezzanine tier and above. All right, Grace, while the SAG after strike ending was the biggest news in all of entertainment, the biggest news in the theater world yesterday was the fact that we have two more pretty fun stars joining the Broadway revival of Cabaret. It was announced yesterday that B.B. Newworth and Stephen Skybell will be playing Fräulein Schneider and Herr Schultz, respectively. They, of course, are joining Eddie Redmayne, Gail Rankin, and Atu Blanks and Wood. I had not heard about Steve, uh, Stephen. I'd heard about B.B., had not heard about Stephen, but this just seems like really, really a great pair to make that second middle-aged couple the really the emotional heart of the story as far as I, I'm concerned. So great casting. They just keep hitting it out of the park with this one. Excited to see what this one looks like for like a bazillion dollars when it begins performances at the August Wilson Theater on April 1st. That's so exciting. Wow. I, <laughs> okay. I have to reveal myself. In, in the year of our Lord, 2014, maybe, um, I was famously folding cotton t-shirts at a Soho store at a very, uh, you know, high-end LA type brand, whatever. And um, in walked BB Newworth and I I was beside myself. Like I had to like run away for a moment and then come back and compose myself and be a normal person. And um, it was so lovely to to meet an idol that was also so pleasant and lovely and gracious in person i had the pleasure of dressing her a couple of times for for different things but she she was just so lovely and she's just she's just an icon and the way that people have responded to her casting on twitter alone has been insane like people are so excited so i'm 
I, I'm very excited. And I know that uh, Mr. Skybell himself also played the same role in a concert recently in New York City. So um, I know mm. that the anticipation for him returning to this role is also high. Yeah, I only really know him from the Yiddish Fiddler that was done off-Broadway with B.B. It was actually directed by B.B.'s uh, Chicago co-star, Joel Gray. So nice little six degrees of, of separation with that. But yeah, very exciting. They are just doing a really fantastic job of rounding out this cast outside of, of the big megastar, Eddie Redmayne. So I guess there's still a few other roles that they can cast with some pretty big names. And if things continue to, I mean, I don't think we're going to get B.B. Newworth, Eddie Redmayne type names, but some fun theater names could pop up in some of these other roles as well. So we look forward to hearing all about that. Now, Grace, we mentioned it a little bit at the beginning, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but we do know that there is a tentative deal between SAG-AFTRA, which is the union that represents screen actors, with the AMPTP, which is the organization that represents all of the major studios. We will not know exactly what the details are until that agreement is presented to the SAG-AFTRA board, then it will go to the membership to approve it. However, I will say that the SAG-AFTRA negotiating committee seemed very, very happy with things on social media following the announcement that a deal had been tentatively agreed to. They did not get into the specifics again, but just the tenor of their social media posts, there was a fairly long Instagram post, not not long, but like four or five different slides from the negotiating committee that was, I don't want to say like jubilant, but like pretty excited. So I'm trying not to read too much into that because I think the expectations were great that this would not be as good of a deal as the Writers Guild of America got. But based off of everything that I'm seeing so far, and until we know for sure what those details are, you have to think like this came down pretty close to what SAG after negotiating committee was looking for. Yeah, we can only hope. I mean, the way that this has dragged on and on was far longer than I think that they anticipated, which means they were, I mean, we were all ready to keep going. So I think that, um, I think that we got a pretty good deal. So um, I'm really excited that those things are going to be returning. I, I've already seen everybody start to post their Barbie. Uh, and so I've got my TikTok ready to go as well. So I think that we're, we're all very grateful that things will be returning. It's so interesting to me that Saturday Night Live and some other shows were able to return, but some weren't. But I know that deals were made and and that's a, those are always good things that people are working. So can't wait. Can't wait. I do. I, I am interested in how the whole Saturday Night Live thing happened because they still couldn't have people on to promote projects, but they were able to resume, resume production. And I don't know if that's because they are on some different contract but I, I i was very interested in that i well, obviously not interested enough to uh to look it up but i did think it was interesting that you started to get a lot of comedians uh, like nate bergazzi and and people like that who weren't necessarily promoting anything that is covered by the sag after strike but the show itself was able to go on so very interesting glad we don't have to deal with those things anymore and as you talked about earlier having the opportunity for stars in general, but also like stars on the up to be able to promote their projects and get into, you know, the 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 larger entertainment conversation, thanks to talk shows and everything like that, I, I think can only be good for those projects and their careers. So especially the things that are theater related and theater tangential, whether it's Wish or The Color Purple or Mean Girls, the, uh, the movie musical coming out in January, like the opportunity for those people to get out and talk about them and to up their 
Q rating uh, is only a good thing uh, moving forward. All right, let's move off-Broadway. Yesterday, it was announced that Lincoln Center Theater will produce a new off-Broadway show from J.T. Rogers, and it will be directed by Bartlett Shear. Obviously, J.T. Rogers and Bartlett Shear previously worked together on the much-acclaimed Oslo, which won a Tony Award for Best New Play in 2017. And then it was actually turned into a film adaptation uh, for HBO, which was very good as well. Uh, This one will be called Corruption, and it will take place at the Mitzi Newhouse Theater off-Broadway beginning performances on February 15th. This one uh, goes into detail about the 2011 phone hacking scandal in the British news media, specifically around the Murdoch media empire. Uh, It is based on a book called Dial M for Murdoch, News Corporation and the Corruption of Britain by Tom Watson and Martin Hickman. I feel a little bit over the whole... Murdochization of of media. We've seen a lot of things uh, in terms of documentaries over the last year or so. We had Inc. I think was the name of it, which was uh, about Murdoch on Broadway from Manhattan Theater Club a couple years ago. So another Murdoch related show. I get it. It's important. It'll probably be fantastic because JT Rogers is is brilliant. But just sigh, Grace. I just 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 a deep full body sigh. So funny to me that you're kind of like meh. <laughs> I mean, it's great, but I'm just like the content. Like, I just, I, I, I stopped. I'm not really on Twitter anymore because I don't want to see all of the, the, the BS over there. I don't need to necessarily feel like I need to go to the theater to see the BS again. Fair enough. Yeah. I, 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 I don't have the same feelings or, or knowledge maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I guess, um, I mean, the team, the team makes sense. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Again, nothing about yeah. them or their abilities. Just like. Right. The content. Here's the thing, but we, we talk about this a lot, right? Like we are, we are still, and, and maybe forever. I mean, this is entertainment is this right. But like familiarity is key, especially right now in really challenging economic times. So I, I feel like the more people are leaning so far into what they're able to have, you know, immediate familiarity with versus like a real chance on something because we're just like not in a place to make you know risky moves so i I understand it but i I hear what you're saying very much well i mean and also this is catnip for the people that are going to be going to see an off-broadway play like a a somewhat salacious story about the murdochs like and painting them in a negative light like duh like this is this is perfect for the types of people who are going to be going to see Lincoln Center Theater off-Broadway stuff at the Mitzi Newhouse. Like, I totally get that. It is so preaching to the choir, and it is something that is going to get people excited, I am sure. And I have no doubt that the cast will be tremendous as well. So I understand why this makes sense, and I and I also understand why it's a probably a really compelling, dramatic, fun, twisty story that also has a lot of social commentary about where our world is, where our politics are, and where our news media are. And I'm sure I will see it. I, you know, again, I, I, I have no doubt that I will probably see it in in the late winter, early spring. But just on just on the concept alone, I'm I, I think I've I think I've moved on a little bit. 
Anyway, let's get back to a show we mentioned in passing earlier with B.B. Newworth and Joel Gray. Yesterday, the Tony-winning revival of Chicago announced that in honor of celebrating its 27th year on Broadway, they are going to be having a special ticket deal, uh, as well as many other things going on. There'll be a plaque outside the Ambassador Theater that is put up on November 14th, which uh, recognizes the anniversary. So there'll be a little ceremony for that. People who have tickets to the November 14th anniversary performance will also have a chance to win some jewelry and some other prizes. But there's a special ticket offer for performances from now through November 19th, which is just a week and a half away. If you purchased one full price ticket, you will get a second ticket for $27. I think over the years, Grace, Chicago has gotten a lot of um, a lot of side eye and a lot of eye rolls about some of the things that they've done to stay relevant with some of their stunt casting and things like that. But I'm actually, I'm just, I'm really happy that this show is still running and not just because it gives people a long, steady job in the theater, but just because like, I feel like this is something that is important to have, as you like to say, on the street and anything they can do to get a little bit more publicity and get a few more people into the ambassador theater, I think is a good thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Why not? Um, I it's great. I know that everyone, especially heading into the holiday season, all of the ticketing initiatives are going every which way. You know, we we heard about um, Sweeney Todd doing their uh, buy one get one for next week as well. Um, that's only mm. available. It's not available at the box office. It's available on the website, like through I guess it's Telecharge maybe or Broadway Direct. So yeah, it's um, everyone is doing different things to to ensure that those capacities feel really good, especially when when things fluctuate and everything. So I, I love it. Something else I would love very much is to have three and a quarter million dollars so that I could purchase a nine acre, three bed, four bath, single family home that has 3,698 square feet in Roxbury, Connecticut, because it is the home of one Stephen Sondheim. The Sondheim estate is on the market you can look it up, not on Zillow, but on the like the actual real estate agency's website. It has some unbelievable pictures in it, like of inside Sondheim's home, so much so that you can like see memorabilia from shows. The actual monkey from Sunday in the Park with George is like in one of the beams uh, on the uh, in the ceiling, like above the the fireplace. Really incredible. If they are going to leave it furnished and leave everything that Sondheim left behind there in it as well, I think you could probably raise the price even more. Uh, I do not have three and a quarter million dollars to buy this home, although I would very much like to. Grace, have you seen these pictures yet? There's like 30 pictures in here of the inside of the home. No, you know how obsessed I am with estate sales. I can't look at that. I can't look <laughs> at it. It's bad for my mental health. I want it all. I'm sorry. I know. There's a great, there's a bunch of shots of like, pianos and a library and and all of this stuff a gorgeous kitchen <sighs> just gotta wait till i hit the lottery wait till i hit the lottery all right grace um we're gonna wrap up with a feel-good recommendation and there was some press done i believe in chicago for the upcoming out-of-town tryout for boop the betty boop musical and while we saw a little bit of rehearsal footage uh, a few weeks ago sometime in october we saw a full number of them on stage led by jasmine amy rogers and it was a ton of fun i really really enjoyed this song i don't know if it's something that i'm going to ever remember the melody or lyrics to 
but I really enjoyed the performance. I really uh, had a good time listening to it. She's fantastic. I thought she was great when I saw her in the Mean Girls tour as well. So we'll have that link in the show notes. And, you know, I have no idea what to think about this show. We've heard about it for so, so long. And David Foster has been working on it for, you know, over a decade now that I I don't have huge expectations for it, just as I generally don't have huge expectations for people who don't have musical theater writing uh, experience. But he is a legendary songwriter, so maybe this will be great. But I was just really encouraged by what I saw from the rehearsal footage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From last I heard, so this would be this is something we normally say for Patreon. But I'll say I had heard at one point that like Boop was really close to coming in this season. Last I heard. That is not the case. It is going to wait until next season. I don't know if that's fall 2024 or in the spring of 2025. But for last I heard, they are not going to make the immediate transfer. I'm assuming just because they're kind of getting elbowed out of the very few available theaters at this point. But that could change depending on, you know, closings that haven't been confirmed or announced yet. So we will have to wait and see. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. Stay tuned to stuff hitting the Patreon and the regular feeds over the weekend and later today. And uh, we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. 